So here we are yet again with another glorious episode of English and Coffee. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Demion. If it's your first time here, feel free to look around. Look at some of the many other um, recordings I have. You may hear some noise in the background today. It's because, uh, surprisingly, the streets are kind of busy tonight. I don't know why, but people are riding around with these glowing tires or whatever. They got. They guess they went to a some kind of sale and bought all these uh, Tonka trucks, you know, these big toys for boys uh, so they can ride around and light up the night, I guess, in light of this um, dark situation. But we're not going to talk about that tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about divine intervention and how it played a role in what transpired with me earlier today. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Today's cup is brought to you by McDonald's. Um, If you have nothing else to do, and you don't know where else to buy coffee when it's about 9 o'clock at night, then uh, go to your local McDonald's, or Sheets if you have one. I prefer to go to Sheets, but uh, they got a pretty big crowd over there, so um, here we are at McDonald's. But I omitted the food this time. I didn't get anything to eat. I just got the coffee. I told them three sugars and three creams. So, so far so good. No complaints. Nothing to complain about tonight. So, before I uh, get into the uh, divine intervention segment, I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about the week that just passed. Um, Without going into the all the you-know-what in the air, um, let's just say it was a long week. There was a few moments when I was like, hmm, maybe I should just stay home, not even worry about it. But I went out there anyway, made the best of the week, helped as many people as I could. Next week, I'll be going back out there to help a few more. I find it strange that we're out there um, doing all this help in the community while other people are shut in their homes. But enough about that. So let's go ahead and talk about divine intervention. So before I tell you what my story was for today, I'll go ahead and just tell you what divine intervention is. So divine intervention is basically when an act uh, of something other than known to man occurs and improves a situation or stops a situation. In my case, it improved the situation. I went fishing today as I normally do on Saturdays, you know, try to keep my head above the clouds. And I go fishing and, you know, see what I can catch. Last couple of times I haven't really caught anything. But this week I was like, when I go out there fishing, I'm really going to need to get into something decent. You know, I had all these big plans. I was going to go out there in the kayak. Didn't get to go just because I just wasn't feeling it. By the time I got ready to, you know, load up the kayak and all this stuff, it started misting. So we had a little rain coming. And I was just like, you know, it's not that serious. They're going to be open until 7 o'clock so I can just go and fish the bank. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened after the break. So when I arrived to the pond, I went to this place called River North Park. I've told you about it a few times. So when I got to the pond, I already had two cans of worms, and I had basically consolidated. um, I had three originally, but I consolidated two of them into one big one with all the worms. And I had another one with some nightcrawlers. So I had two types of worms. So altogether, I probably had maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 worms. So my plan was get out there, catch some bait, cut the bait up, and then catch some fish. So went out there to the pond, wasn't many people out there, had a nice breeze going. It's a little windy, not many people out there, but also because, you know, all the things going on. So 
I fished about 15 minutes in each spot. You know, I went to this spot, fished for 15 minutes. I had four rods with me, two big rods, and then two rods to try to catch some bait fish. Sat there fishing, and then once the pier started filling up with people, I said, ah, well, nothing's really going on here, so I moved to another spot. Fished there for about 30 minutes. Nothing was going on. I was like, okay, well, let me go all the way around this pond. See, this place has four ponds. Went to this little hole, spent about an hour there, trying different tactics, throwing lures, you know, throwing my worms out, wasn't getting anything. I had about two nibbles there, and I was like, man, nothing's going on. So, packing up, getting ready to go try another spot. So, walk around, and I find this little hole. Now, I've been in this little hole before. It's a good little place to go and catch bass and, you know, crappy and things like this. So, I just knew I was going to go in there and light up some bluegill. Well, spent about 30 minutes in that hole, and nothing happened. You know, but it's it's one of those wooded areas, you know, where you got to worry about brushing up against a tree and a tick crawling on you or something like that. And you got like these herrings and these big birds or not herrings, but heron, these big birds, you know, that'll just come busting out of the bushes and stuff because you don't even know they're there because they're standing like statues. Their legs literally look like sticks. It's just this big, huge bird that'll sit perfectly still. And that's how they ambush their um, fish in the water. Sitting there fishing, got hung up, you know, ended up popping my line, and I was like, all right, well, nothing's happening here. So, I'm walking out of this hole, and what do I see to my surprise, on the right side of me, in the grass, in the bush, is a shad. Now, if you don't know what a shad is, it's basically like a big bait fish. Nobody really eats shad, um, but this is something that bass feed on, this is something that catfish feed on, gar you know, both in any, any predator, predatory fish is going to feed on shad. Now, the thing about shad is they're hard to catch, especially in a pond, you know, because they eat all this little, like, plankton and little bugs and insects. They're popping all over the water, but you can't catch them because most of the hooks you have are too big for their mouth. You have to catch them with something like bread. So I wasn't out there fishing for shad. You know, I had the worms. I'm like, something should be eating the worms. Couldn't get to the bluegill, couldn't find anything. But... In the grass, there was a shad. I mean, this shad was bigger than my hand. This thing was fat, probably like if both of my hands were put together, it was about that thick, about probably 9, 10 inches long, big, fat, healthy-looking shad. So I said, really? Like, in the middle of nowhere, there was just a big shad in the bushes. So I said, well, maybe it's been sitting here for a while. So I skeptically, you know, analyze it, pick up a stick and move it around, flip it over. I don't see ants or anything on it. So I'm like, and it's not decomposing. It's not all leaky, you know, pussy and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, how fresh is it? So I pick it up with my hand and it's not even like, there's no rigor mortis or anything going on with it. I mean, it's, it's liquid. Like it would just been caught probably within a couple of hours. I'm gonna say like within four hours or something. So it was pretty fresh. So I imagine what happened is one of those big birds had caught the shed and it was too big, or it had it in its talons, and it just dropped it, and just left it, and by, by um, no, no, no plan of my own, here I come, and I find it, a perfectly good shad, exactly the type of bait, better than the ideal bait I was trying to catch, but right there for me, so I said, hmm, well, there's your bait, now, I'd already been out there probably two and a half hours, just trying to catch bait, nothing, not no bites, nothing, right? Except those two little bites, but it wasn't that serious. So I pick up this shad, I put it in my bucket, and then I go to another spot. So I'm walking to this new spot. 
I take this shad, I cut off a couple portions of it. I'm like, oh yeah, we're about to get into it now. I just know I'm going to catch something. I'm bombing my lines out there, you know, just, you know, just launching my stuff out there. I even had something on the bobber, took a piece of shad, threw that out there. Sitting there about 10 minutes later, line starts twitching, rod starts twitching, pole starts jerking. I'm like, okay, now I'm watching this pole, then the other pole starts going. So I'm like, okay, pick up the first pole, reel it, try to set the hook, don't get anything. I'm like, okay, well, I just need to wait, be patient, because it was a pretty big piece. The other line, I had the head of the shad, which was probably like three fingers long and like thick. I mean, it was it was huge. So I ended up cutting that in half to try to, um, you know, make it more manageable because I was trying to catch, you know, Godzilla, you know, King Kong or something. King Kong of the pond. That's what I was trying to catch. But nothing was messing with it. So once I cut the bait up into smaller chunks, next thing you know, my line went down, pole almost went in the water. And I had a four to five pound catfish on my hook. Now, it was a good fight, but while I was reeling this fish in, my other poles were going crazy. The other one about flew out of the bucket because something had my bobber going halfway across the pond at like Mach 1, right? So I pulled that fish in, you know, hoisted up. I had braid on, so I hoisted up onto the bank, all this stuff like that. Reach over, try to grab the other line, couldn't get it. It just so I said, okay, well, it must have been a gar because obviously it would have hooked the way the bar went down in the water and the way it was going all across the pond. I'm thinking it had to be a gar because it didn't stick, you know. And if you know anything about gar, they have these long mouths. I mean, they can have a mouth that's like eight inches long, very tiny, it's like a beak, and it's just lined with like razor sharp teeth. So, what they like to do is they'll just come up and they'll grab a bait in their mouth and then they'll swim around with it and bit by bit they'll chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it, till they can get it down to their mouth, and then they swallow it and ingest it. So, you know, to catch gar, you know, it's a whole different story. But I was like, okay, so I had the one fish, and so I had to make a little makeshift stringer. You know, I took the string, ran it through the gills, and then, you know, tied it to my knife, stabbed the knife in the ground, put the line in the water. But the fish is so big, I'm like, man, it, that thing's going to pull that knife out so every now and then what I would do is just dunk it in the water if you know anything about catfish they can live for a long time uh, outside of water I mean these are the fish that'll like burrow in the mud you know in some places and just stay there until the rain comes you know they'll just be in there for months you know with no activity they go into this like dormant state you know it's like hiber hibernation anyway so I just didn't want ants and stuff crawling over it so every now and then I just take it and dunk it in the water so here I am on the bank with this big catfish and we're just chilling, fishing, trying to catch some of his friends, right? So, you know, the day goes on. I'm getting bites here, bites there. Nothing's really hooking up. Now, the little pier, not the pier guy, but the pond guy shows up. And he's like, okay, you know, it's about 45 minutes. You'll know, we'll be closing in about 30 minutes or whatever. So you need to get your stuff. I was like, okay, cool. No problem. Now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, all my lines start going off. I had four lines in the, well, three lines in the water. First one goes off. It's the one with the bobber because, you know, by this time I've already rechanged the bait and everything like that. And just I'd been watching my bobber again, just go back and forth over the water and all this stuff like this. It went down, set the hook as hard as I could. Drag starts peeling out, reeling it in, reeling it in, reeling it in. I mean, it's just fighting. Now, here's the thing. I have this huge net next to me, but it's one of those nets where you just got to pop this one thing out and then the whole net will come together. So I didn't pop it out. I'm like, OK, I'm thinking it's a catfish. I'm just hoist them in, hoist them in. 
man, I get that thing to the bank. I go to pull up this big, huge guard. I mean, this thing probably had to be four and a half feet. I saw like two feet of it come out of the water, just thrashing everywhere. I mean, the body of it was like a little bigger than my forearm. I mean, this thing was, this thing was pretty huge. And if you've seen me, well, you probably haven't seen me, but I'm, you know, I've got a little muscular shape. So, I mean, if something's as big as my forearm, it's pretty big, pretty big fish, right? <laughs> Almost slipped there. It's pretty big fish. So what I did is, um, sitting there trying to hoist this, uh, gar out and it's just thrashing, thrashing, thrashing. And the next thing you know, with all those teeth, it just cut the line. I was like, man, but before I could even let that soak in, my other line starts going off. You know, it's pulling, it's pulling the, uh, the rod. So I see the rod getting ready to go in the water. So I reach down, set the hook, yam it back, reeling, 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 reeling. And it was this huge bowfin. I mean, this bowfin was like eight pounds. Reeling, 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 get it all the way to the bank. And then it just starts twisting and it's just going crazy. Just push, 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 push. And see, bowfin, they, for some reason, they have a lot of mercury in them. I mean, you could see it because like when they flip over, it's blue. And I think that's like the, the mercury. So it's just, it was just flipping and flipping. And I had him on the bank, but then he just jumped. And next thing you know, broke the line. I was like, oh my God. Then I rebated, you know, put the stuff back on, threw it back out there, got hooked up again. But this time it was a huge snapping turtle. And see here, you can't keep snapping turtles. And I wouldn't keep it anyway, because I don't eat turtle. I mean, if it came to it, I probably would try, but I've never eaten turtle. It's just... That's just one of those animals that you just let do what it does. Uh, well, anyway, I got it in and I was going to take the hook out of it, you know, but it was just so ferocious, you know, it was just, just going boom. You can hear its beak close, like snap. Every time it closes, it's snapping turtle, right? So I just pulled it in as close as I could and just cut the line. So, but I mean, here's the thing. Here's the moral of the story. Why do I say divine intervention? Why is today's podcast called divine intervention? It's because that fish that shad was put there for me. I feel that fish was put there specifically for me to find at that time to have the day that I did. You know, I went out there fishing with the intention of catching bait, catching a big catfish. I wasn't just trying to catch a catfish for sport. I was thinking about putting some fish in the freezer, you know, giving my mom some fish. And out of nowhere, here is this shad. And I, I tell you what, I had the worms, no bites on the worms, even with all that activity going on, only thing they were biting is the shad. Isn't that something? Had I not found that shad, I wouldn't have caught anything today. It would have just been a day, you know, a bust, a complete bust. But because of divine intervention, I was able to put some food in the fridge. I'll be able to give my mom some fish. So. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, sometimes things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And, and sometimes, you know, somebody gives you a little help, you know, somebody says, Hey, let me help you out a little bit. Gave me a fish. Now it was up to me. I didn't have to take the fish, but I took the fish. I mean, if you would have seen how this fish was positioned, it was like, like I was walking in a fish market and you just look down. Oh, big shad, bigger than any shad I've seen just for me no bugs on it, the eyes were a little cloudy, fresh as I don't know what, when you cut into it, I mean the meat, the blood was everywhere, so I mean it was just as fresh as it can be, and that's what catfish and all those other things love to eat. So that means the fish were keying in on shad, 
And because of that, that fortuitous moment, I was able to partake in today's fishing. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. Just wanted to share that little bit of sunshine that came my way. Hopefully it brightens your day. Maybe you'll find a little sign or something like that. You know, some of those times when you're, when you're in need, and you think that it's, you know, the world's going to, to the, 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 I don't want to say the crapper, but yeah, it's going to the crapper. Freak it. We'll go ahead and say going to the crapper. And, um, you know, all is, all is lost. You know, there's still somebody out there looking out for you. You know, we're not going to put any names on it, but I mean, if you're, if you're like me, then you know who's responsible for that, you know, but, um, Yeah. Leave you with a little bit of sunshine. So I hope everyone out there is safe. Hope your your families are well. Hope everybody's healthy. Hope you're eating well. Hope you're not working too hard, not stressing over the small stuff. It's things like this, you know, in life, times like this that make us realize what's important, you know. Nobody's out here talking about war. You notice that, right? Everybody's kind of got the same mindset, kind of trying to pull together, figure this thing out, you know. Just wish, hopefully, next time it doesn't take something like this to get everybody on the same page. But, you guys enjoy your night. I'm going to go home. I got this big fish to clean. I'm going to finish sipping this coffee. And I'll see you in the next one.